it's gonna suck. It's gonna suck. Yeah, it's I like I can't see a way where this is not gonna suck. Is the juice worth the squeeze? That is something that I ask my clients pretty often when we're talking about relationships. Is the effort that you're putting into the relationship worth the benefits that you're getting out of the relationship? And sometimes that answer is yes. Sometimes that answer is sometimes. And sometimes the answer is fuck no. This relationship is too much work. I'm investing too much into this. Today's episode is a free love advice segment that I recorded with a woman who, to me, appears to be in a toxic relationship. The problem with toxic relationships sometimes is they can be really, really, really exciting. The highs can be so high, and you kind of forget about how bad it can get. And I've had one of these relationships before where when it was good, it was incredible. But when it was bad, it was devastating. And I couldn't pull myself out of that relationship. I used to say that I would ride it until the wheels fell off. And then when there was no wheels, I would just push that carcass of a relationship down the street. And I did. Finally, she had to break up with me because I never would have on my own. So we're talking about relationships that are just incredibly challenging to end. And no matter what form or structure they take. Sometimes you take a break. Sometimes uh, you only see each other this way. Maybe you try to do uh, try to transition to a friendship. No matter what you try, it doesn't work. But you keep trying. And I have been there before. And I, it's weird. I, I might be in that right now, which is kind of fucked. Some of the calls that I have and the advice that I give and the coaching clients that I work with, I'm working through the exact same shit. And it's fucking weird. Today's episode is not a clean episode. (laughs) Hide your children. If you want free love advice of your own, go to thelovedrive.com forward slash free love advice. You can get on my calendar and we can do something that's very similar to this episode. Because what I'd like to do is to start releasing two podcasts a week a regular podcast with a guest interview on Tuesdays, and then free love advice sessions on Fridays. But in order for me to do that, I need more free love advice sessions. So if you're interested in some free love advice, thelovedrive.com forward slash free love advice, sign up, let's do it. My name is Sean Galanos. This is The Love Drive. How can I help? Oh, God. So my ex, who I was with for a a little while, like just over a year, but we've been in love for about three. Um, He's a, I'm going to say a (laughs) semi-famous musician here in BC. I live six blocks away from him. We have some circles that intertwine. And we broke up and from breaking up, it was like a really painful thing. Like the relationship was okay. And there was no big trauma breaking up. Like there wasn't a, a, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, nobody cheated on anybody. It was just like not working. And we broke up and we just could not stop being together. So we did a lot of 
okay, let's just sleep together for a while, but not emotionally rely on each other. And then it was like, no, we need to take space. So we took like five months of space and then that wasn't really working for us either. So from the five months of space, we kind of like reconnected and then we went back to sleeping together. And then we decided that we were still going to see other people It's just been this huge mess of trying out different ways of existing in each other's lives and just grappling with the pain that's coming from each of these attempts. All the while, the same problems come up. Even though we're not a couple, the same problems are still coming up that we had when we were together, which is really indicative of something, obviously. Mm. This has been going on for so long. And I, don't know what to do. I don't really know, like, keep them, try something else. You know, I don't really know. I feel like I'm stuck with limited options right now. You you talked about options. I'm curious, like, what those options are. I just don't really know what approach to take anymore to try to mitigate the feelings of how painful it is to be connected to them. Like, I, I want to be there are so many reasons why I want to remain connected and just a lot of them don't even have, (laughs) some of them don't even have to do with him. Some of them have to just do with, (laughs) I want to feel like I'm capable of salvaging something that was at one point really special to me. And, and I want to know that I can turn it into something that I can work with. It's a, it's a pride thing. I'm, I'm, I don't really want to feel like I'm like, I fail at this. I don't want to, don't want to let go of it because I can't figure it out. Mm. I want to figure it out. Um, but you know, I can't, I can't, I, I don't want to sleep with him and I don't want to be with him. I, I do know those two things and that's amazing for me. I, I know I don't want to sleep with him anymore. And I know that I don't want to be with him in a romantic sense as a couple. So that's really good. That's, that's where I've gotten to at this point, which is great, but I don't even know how to exist as a friend. Like I don't even want to ask him questions about himself. Cause I'm just like, I get so triggered from hearing him talk about himself. And I just, in my head, I'm like, you narcissistic piece of shit. Like, I'm just like so negative towards him. This is probably not making any sense. I have a lot of negative feelings towards him and I don't really know what to do. I'm just curious, what are you trying to salvage exactly? Goddamn. Um, I have so much of my identity within him. I've learned so much from him over the years and creatively we connect so well. Like when I'm with him, I get excited about writing and I get excited about photography and he's, he's kind of my only like artsy friend that I can geek out with, with like music and art and film and blah and blah. And that I, I cherish so much. I like, I've met a lot of people in my, my seemingly short life, I suppose, but I've never met anybody like him who is as like liberal and weird. Where wait, you live in BC. It's like full of weird, liberal, weird people. I know he he does this thing where he's like that way, but he's also so aware. And I, I just have not yet met someone like that. And so I think I'm scared to let, to let go of, he's a bit of a medium 
almost, or like a connection between me and that world. Well, that I heard that actually. I heard that yeah. when you were talking about like he, he sort of makes you feel more creative. Yeah. Uh, and I think the issue with that is that whenever you depend on other people to get power, that's highly problematic because mm-hmm. that means that you're not your own source of power and mm-hmm. creativity and motivation and drive and vitality. It hinges on another person and that is extremely dangerous, mm-hmm. especially when another person is being kind of a butthole. <laughs> That's a nicer way to put it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, you, yeah. I mean, I've, I've really, that, and that's one of the things he taught me was to cultivate that within myself, which is amazing comparatively from where I was when I met him to now night and day, you know, I, I, I have no problem starting little projects on my own. There's just something that he adds that is, I don't know, man, he sees me in a way that I don't get anywhere else. And I and I could do without it, but I don't really want to. You sound like a drug addict. Oh god, I do, don't I? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, you you talk about him or the way he makes you feel sort of the way the drugs used to make me feel. It is so good. That's why we do it. So, oh. stop grimacing because I, I don't want you to feel shame about this. We do it for a reason. Because it feels so good and it gives us a thing that we really we really haven't found elsewhere. And it fills a void on the inside. And life without drugs for me was like really, it's kind of flat at first. Because I had to sort of relearn the things that I liked and the things that I wanted. And, and I kind of had to push through sort of a depression of being without this substance that gave me vitality and drive and creativity and motivation and all, all these things that I'm hearing this person gives you. Mm-hmm. But we have to push through that in order to come out the other side where, where it might be less interesting for a bit but we start to figure out how we can sort of auto drive ourselves. And so what I'm hearing is, <laughs> it's sort of like you, you know, it is this overarching belief that you probably should give up the drugs and try to live the sober life. I'm, this is just what I'm deriving from your words. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I will draw, I will, I will, share a story with you about how my life was before and after drugs. Bef- I like stories. Yeah, before drugs, super high highs. But also really, really low lows. Like crawling on the carpet looking for cocaine. Pa- like, you know, pebbles. Like n- little nugglets. Right? Low. Really low. Really depressed. Wanting to kill myself but also super beautiful moments connected with all these people and like feeling empowered and, you know, very loving. I used to love ecstasy also. So there was like a lot of loving feelings. Um, Deadly. Deadly. Yeah. And so what happens in sobriety is that I don't experience those high highs as, as much anymore, but I also don't experience those low lows. And over time, if I look at like the 10 years that I've been sober, my baseline quality of life has gone up exponentially. 
Mm-hmm. So that where I am now is nowhere is is nowhere as low as I was back in the day, and so my my new highs are sort of kind of close to the old highs, but they're natural and they don't come with a low. Mm-hmm. So it's it's funny hearing you say this because he's a recovering like he's he really <laughs> struggles with addiction, and I I swear to God I've heard him say the exact same things from his mouth. <laughs> kind of ironic what you've described sounds like a really difficult place to get to slowly (laughs) slowly slowly over time slowly over time baby steps baby steps i have two other things actually now that you mentioned that he's a recovering alcoholic uh have you heard of alcohol Mm, drug addict i think like cocaine was the the, the big one it's all pretty much the same. We're we're like using substances to change the way we feel. Yeah. Have you heard of Al-Anon? I just started going uh, three weeks ago because my mom is a <clears throat> my mom's like a really heavy duty alcoholic whom I'm also seeking support with right now or support. I'm seeking support for my relationship with her. Yeah. So I'm going to Al-Anon for that. The fact is that you're in love with a drug addict, which, yeah. is, which is the same, which is Al-Anon is for people that are, that have alcoholics and drug addicts in their life. Yeah. And this person is very much part of your life as much as you might not want him to be like, it's, it's, you're hooked in. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel very hooked in. And Definitely. I also have, I'm going to, I'm going to bring us to a lighter note, but you need to excuse me real quick. I have to go grab a book. Yeah. I'll go <laughs> So uh, I've been actually referring to this chapter so many times. Loving Bravely by Dr. Alexandra Solomon is the book. Mm. If you could get this book, it's lovely. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a great book. There's a chapter on soulmates. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. And there are uh, three, she, she talks about three different kinds of soulmates. And there's a third one called A Soulmate Wakes You Up. I'm just going to read this to you. Mm -hmm. Actually, (laughs) I'm going to read you the excerpt, which is actually taken from another book. Some people will know what what, what book this is from, but I didn't. Okay. People think a soulmate is your perfect fit, and that's what everyone wants. But a true soulmate is a mirror, the person who shows you everything that's holding you back the person who brings you to your own attention so you can change your life. A true soulmate is probably the most important person you'll ever meet because they'll tear down your walls and smack you awake. But to live with a soulmate forever? Nah, too painful. Soulmates, (laughs) they come into your life just to reveal another layer of yourself to you and then they leave. (laughs) If you let them. (laughs) <laughs> if you let them. Oh, they'll oh. leave. They'll leave. Oh, those words hurt. <laughs> uh. And I really like this definition. Mm-hmm. Because it means that like some the, some of these really, really fucking intense relationships are here to teach us something, but they're not forever. Yeah. Straight up, like I think deep down inside, I know that I know that I am not supposed to have him in my life just from the fact that I've tried so many ways of having him and that even just him existing in my like, he's just a constant 
negative trigger in so many ways. And I've learned a lot, but I, I feel like I'm, I've milked the cow, you know, the cow's like dried and I'm still milking it. And it's just turning into a big bloody chafed situation. (laughs) Oh my God. Sorry. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Um, And I I realized that I think it, it helps to hear. I think it helps to hear those, those words because no one else is telling me really that it might just be a good idea to let go. Mm. I hear you and I see you and I kind of want more for you than this. More than what I get out of my, my chafey relationship. Yeah. I don't Mm. want you to be with somebody that triggers you negatively all the time. (laughs) Oh my God, that sounds so painful. Is trigger like a heavy word? Just where it's difficult. It's difficult all the time. That's not good either, is it? Well, I mean, I think on the whole, <laughs> I think on the whole, relationships should should bring more than they take from you. Ooh, social exchange theory. Sure, I've never heard that before. But I love it. In order to like sustain the relationships that we're in, or just it's it's human nature that you need to get as much out of relationships as you put into them, and and sort of just naturally, unconsciously, if we start to get less out of relationships, we will not be as focused on those. Which I don't think is true. I think sometimes people will become more focused on those relationships when they get start getting less out of them. But anyway, it's something I read in Psych 101 and it's always stuck with me. And it's kind of like a checkpoint. Like, am I am I getting as much out of this as I'm putting into it? And the answer is no. You know, like I, I feel like a relationship is greater than the sum of its parts. So there's you, there's this person, and then there's the relationship. And if you're putting, if you're all both putting into it, then it should be something fruitful, positive that brings more joy to your life than the opposite, which seems to be sort of like pain and challenge. Yeah. I mean, of yeah. course, all relationships, they're not going to be easy. There's some no. work involved, some work, some assembly required. Absolutely. And actually, I mean, I think that's another part of why this has been so difficult to let go of it. Cause I'm really, I'm like a problem solver, a fixer, uh, needing it to end in a good way before I can move on. Like I can't, I can't, I can't work on another task unless I finish the one before that drives me absolutely nuts. And in our relationship, he was not comfortable with conflict and my life is conflict. Like I grew up in tons of conflict with my mother and have always had really intense emotional situations which I know reflects on me, but I, I'm, I am good at conflict, believe it or not, um, a lot of the time. And he thought conflict was bad. If conflict happened, he would either attack or like withdraw. And I always just wanted to, like, I just, I just want to like have a fight with him. That is like a good fight, you know, like a healthy fight. It's kind of this dream that I have that like, we just have this fight and then that's, that's it. Like, that's the good, the good ending, or that's, that's us just going on our ways naturally, whether, 
is, you know, walking side by side or not ever talking again. I just really want to have like a healthy fucking fight with this guy. And sometimes you will not get what you want, no matter how bad you want it. <laughs> uh, somebody who withdraws or attacks, which is very common, super common. It is. Hey? Not, not working for you because you're someone who wants to, it sounds like, figure it out right now. And and have a have a healthy you know like a argument and get to the bottom of something. Yeah. So that sounds so dreamy, <laughs> dude. It's so possible, by the way, just not with this person. Yeah, just not with this person. That's yeah. and and oh God, I have so many things to say about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you said that you're a problem solver and you're looking at this relationship as sort of like the ultimate problem to solve. I'm more interested in, can you look at a different problem for you to solve? Like how to get out of this relationship or how to find someone who's more aligned with, with your way of communicating or, you know, there are other problems that you, you could look at this problem in a different way, which will bring resolution, but trying to solve your relationship with this person, I don't think will ever, you'll ever, you'll ever be satisfied with the resolution. Mm-hmm. That's a really hard thing to accept. That's a super, super hard, hard thing to accept. But I am, yeah, I suppose I could work more. I mean, at this point, I think I'm, I definitely don't want to find anybody else. I think I'd love to spend time working on continuing to cultivate what I gain from him within myself. Okay. I think that would be something that I would focus on, but I, the, oh man, I don't know. I just feel so hopeless with the separating. It's crazy. It's like, it doesn't even feel like a problem anymore. It just feels like something I want to run away from, which is unlike me. I usually am very much like dive right in and focus on it and lean into the, you know, the discomfort. But this one is just, it's too much at this point. It's just too much. It's crazy. It's going to suck. It's going to suck. Yeah, it's I like I can't see a way where this is not going to suck. Oh, it sucks for so many reasons. Like like my mom brings him up when during our arguments and the family keeps saying like, you know, why is not working and um it's just as if he's everywhere and I can't escape him and I just feel I think that's also part of why I want it to be fixed because in the space of 5 months that we took when we were apart he was everywhere without being anywhere. He was everywhere around me. Constant reminders of this person. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. So you can you can try move cities. You can move cities. Yeah, you can move cities. <laughs> no. Uh, or you could try to fix this thing that I don't really see. Like I just see that as sort of a waste of energy. Even though I don't pretend to know your situation or your relationship, just from what I'm hearing, there's got to be another way that Mm -hmm. puts the focus on you and not on him. Yeah. Yep. I definitely definitely think I've got some work cut out for me, for sure. What does that even begin to look like? Um... I don't really know. Like, am I supposed to talk to him about this stuff and say, Hey, I know that we are going to try to be friends, but I'm struggling. And I think it's better if we don't, 
Cause then it becomes a thing. As soon as I give him that message, it just becomes this, this, you know, intangible tension in the environment that is the city almost. I, then I'm scared of running into him and do I give him that message? Is he even a part of this journey for me? Like, does, do I need to include him in this? Do, you know, do I need to give messages to my family and friends? Hey, I'm struggling with this. I know it's been three years, but can you not talk about him to me anymore? Cause then I hate admitting that I'm struggling to my mother. She'll get all weird about that. So yes, I think it's valuable to tell the people around you, like your family members, like, hey, I'm taking some space from Darren, whatever. We'll call him Darren. It's not Darren, is it? Perfect. No, that'd be great if it was. Um, I'm taking space from Darren. I just need to heal from that relationship. It's it's like causing me some anxiety. I just don't like the way I am around this situation. So I'm going to take some space from it. And it's actually really challenging to hear you guys talk about him. So if you could, for me, please refrain from talking about Darren when I'm around. It would really help me out and it would mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a good way to couch it with family mm-hmm. and like friends. And then with Darren, it would be something like, hey, I know we were going to give this a shot in terms of friendship and I love you and, and you've taught me so much. And I'm still like really struggling with, the, with, this, with how to be in this relationship. And I, I still need time from you. So I know we live in, a, in the city. I think it's a, it's a small town. We were going to run into each other. I'd like to just request that, you know, we don't make a big deal out of it. If we see each other somewhere, cool, we can say hi. But I'm going to take time for me to heal from this relationship. Mm-hmm. That's one option that you have. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Like taking space doesn't have to be a big thing. And also, no contact doesn't have to be super rigid. You know, like if you accidentally see him at the grocery store, it's not like you intentionally broke no contact. <laughs> you can wave and you can wave your cucumber at him and then <laughs> keep going. Um, and, uh. and with the support of your friends, the work that you're going to do in Al-Anon, if you choose to accept that work, which is to like work the 12 steps and get the literature and work with a sponsor and like own up to like the shit that you're dealing with because for the most part, these people are here to help. They really are. Mm -hmm. And they can help because they they've been through it. So a combination of space support from your friends, Al-Anon and gosh, I feel like that's a great start. Yeah. Over time, this will get better, but it's, you know, you have to go, you have to, you have to go through it. Hmm. I'm so my like. As you say all that stuff, it sounds amazing, and I, I feel completely and utterly panicked at the amount of emotion and like embarrassment and shame and fear that that all brings up. And it's kind of like one of those. I don't even know where to where to begin. Like how to slowly start to let in those feelings through those processes going to Al-Anon regularly and giving those messages to my family and friends. I would just start with Al-Anon. Okay. 
I would just go yeah. go to the meetings and introduce yourself to somebody and and like start slowly sharing your story. You will be amongst people that know how you feel. Like when you talk about shame, I know how you feel. And it sucks to really have to like own up that you're not proud of whatever behaviors or the, or how you've acted in this relationship or how it's affecting you or the fact that you're still somehow connected to somebody that you know doesn't make you feel good. That sucks. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is, I, I understand how you feel. And eventually once you talk about it, over time, over and over and over again, and you fucking write it out and you get it out. And these people, most likely women, will help you through this process. You don't mm-hmm. have to know anything. And they will help you through this. You will start to get it out. And you will feel less of that shame. Yeah. You are not alone in this. Mm-hmm. This is something that happens. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's nice to know that other people go through this because I feel like a freaking loser. Also, by the way, yeah, drug addicts and alcoholics are fucking hard people to be in relationship with, whether they're in recovery or not. Are they? Yeah, they are. Of course they are. Yeah, it's horrible. I don't really I don't really ever talk about how hard it is to be in relationship with my mother because that is the biggest source of pain in my life. And so I skirt around that constantly. Like even in Al-Anon, I don't bring it up because I'm scared I'm just going to turn into like a, a waterfall. I would say for the past two to three years, my two greatest relationships have been with my two, like, you know, my pillars have been addicts and it's been detrimental and awakening and motivating, but very, very damaging. I'm going to invite you to really share actually what's happening with, with the people of Al-Anon and, and it's a safe space to be a waterfall. It's all connected. It's all connected, yeah. The stuff with your mom, the stuff with your family, the your conflict resolution style, the partners that you choose, it's all connected. The more I study this stuff, the more I learn like, fuck, man, it starts young. Like our trauma starts young and mm-hmm. we are in relationship with people and we will play out the same dynamics that we had growing up until we make a change. Mm-hmm. Until we break that cycle, until we find recovery or support for these things. I mean, we're doing the best we can, and sometimes that shit is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, good job for wanting to break the cycle. Thanks. I do want. Thank you. You're welcome. Again, if you want some free love advice of your own, go to thelovedrive.com forward slash free love advice and you can sign up for a session. You can get on my calendar. We can do this. And thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all of your support uh, on Instagram and via email. People still let me know that they enjoy the show and that means a lot to me. So if you want to reach out, it's sean at thelovedrive.com. That's S-H-A-U-N. Or on Instagram, at The Love Drive, which by the way, every Friday on Instagram, I do free love advice. 
in the stories. And so Friday morning, I'll post a question, which is how can I help? And then you can either send me a DM if it's like a longer issue, or you can just uh, write something in the little box. And then throughout the day Friday, I answer all of your questions. So if you need free love advice, go to Instagram on Fridays in the stories. And that is all I have for you. Other than next week, I'm bringing you the episode that I recorded with Dr. Alexandra Solomon, who is the author of Loving Bravely. She's also a psychotherapist. She's also a uh, teacher at Northwestern University. It's an amazing episode. It's a really beautiful conversation. We're going to talk about adult child uh, patterns and how they show up in relationships. We're going to talk about how to love bravely. We're not going to touch on soulmates, but it is an incredible episode and I'm so pumped for you to hear it. Slamming our hands on the table and saying bye-bye and walking away is ineffective. It may feel powerful, like I had the last word, but it's actually quite disempowered. because What it says is, I gave you the power to control how I feel on the inside. I let myself get swept away. So it's actually incredibly disempowered.